Now you're welcome back to the programme. You might remember last week and in the county we spoke to Katrina Scully from West Limerick Resources and where we're talking about the Shannon Estuary Way project. Well, this week it is the turn of Jim O'Farrell and uh, Jim is from Newtown in Clarina and Jim has been involved in many local projects over the years and uh, Jim joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning, Trevor. The Shannon Estuary Way project, what will it mean to you and tell me about your personal involvement with it? Well, first of all, Trevor, I came out here from Corbally in 1978 uh, to join these lovely people. And I loved Corbally, but I loved the country as well. And uh, I've been here and then I got involved, living from the Chapel Road, got involved with the people in Newtown. And um, uh, going back to 2015, uh, we had, there was a man called Liam Coughlin who since went to heaven and he was saying one day you know that um, when all the fishing, fishermen are gone from this area he said there will be no monument there will be no mem- memorial to us uh, from that in 2015 I got involved with the, with the community and we built a little place called the Sailor's Haggard and the Sailor's Haggard was bequeathed uh, by the Burns family that's Peter Byrne and his wife Nancy and family and they gave us a little site, and we put a monument up dedicated to the memory of all those who passed this way to fish the tidal waters of the River Shannon. So that was my, the start of my involvement with the community. And then, will I go on, Trevor? Absolutely, Jim, but I'll just interrupt you. So in the, the fishing really along the Estuary Way came to an end because of an EU directive in 2006. Was there much local opposition to this? Yeah, in 2006, the Irish government, I suppose, were getting a little bit of a push from the EU, um, decided that drift net, net fishing and draft net, or shore net, as it was called, shoring, uh, that came to an end in 2006. And obviously there was a lot of disquiet and people couldn't understand why this was happening because the fishing was fairly good and things were going fine. Um, but then compensation was offered and some took it and some didn't take it. And, they, and now I know it's anecdotal, but some are told that, oh, five or six years later, that the salmon will be back up the river and things will be grand. But sure, they're never further away from it now. And, that's, and that was the sad part of it. And, you know, there was a livelihood to be made. Uh, and even though people also had uh, supplementary income through farming or whatever it should be, but it was an activity going back. And, for example... Peter Byrne's family would go back eight generations. So um, that meant an awful lot to the people, not alone from the fishing, but boat building, etc. So it was a great activity in Newtown that, that unfortunately now has ended. OK, but you still decided to mark that uh, outstanding contribution over so many years by those fishermen with the Haggard, the monument, and then the head school as well. Oh, so- yeah. Well, we were very fortunate with the head school. When, when we had the monument finished... Um, uh, another a gentleman called Michael Potter, who has since died as well. Michael Potter bequeathed us a site across the road, and through the goodness of his two nephews, Matthew and Michael Potter, um, we were given the site and we built, uh, or rebuilt, I should say, the the um, the head school cottage. Now that was a head school circa 1750. I mean, that is some some record, and to think that over those years. Um, you had different uh, uh, head school teachers coming and uh, going from that area. And then it was later, um, when that finished up as a head school, um, different families lived there. The Brins uh, were one family, and there were others there as well. And, in fact, that a lot of the fish that used to come up 
from the Shannon were weighed in the head school house and they were sent then to Billingsgate in London. So there's some great history there um, about that. So then um, it, it might be interesting, Trevor, that just to recall on one thing, um, if, you, if you take the, the, the head schools coming into existence after the Bardic schools, you know, during Cromwell times and after Cromwellian times when people were made landless, homeless and exiled, I suppose you want to call it, um, the head schools then came into existence in the late 17th century uh, to begin, uh, from then until the um, early part of the 19th century. And of course the penal laws were there and they were very draconian. But I think maybe Patrick Holland put it very well, the poet, when he spoke about the head schools and he said, My eyelids red and heavy are with bending o'er the smouldering peat. I know the Aeneid now by heart, my Virgil red in cold and heat, in loneliness and in hunger smart, and I know Homer too I ween, as monster poets know O'Sheen. So I suppose, Trevor, that gives a sense of what the head school life was like in these areas. And it's very interesting that when the discerning tourist comes around, and please God they will, through this marvellous idea of the Shannon Estuary Way. I think that is a great initiative, uh, a real Discover Ireland. This part of the Shannon, I suppose, uh, has been neglected. And if you think about it, Trevor, on the Limerick side, where we have Newtown here, Ringmoyland, Foynes, Glynn, Tarbert, Ballylongford, and then go to the Clare side from Coona, Shannon, Kildysert, Labashida, Kilimer, Kilrush, Carrigaholt and Kilbaha. Those places need to be discovered more. And I think it's through the initiative of the Shannon Estuary Way that they will, please God, be discovered. Stories will be told, that lessons will be learned. Um, and I think the tourists coming out from Limerick City, instead of heading off maybe to the Wild Atlantic Way, might now say, well, we have the Shannon Estuary Way as well to explore. And please God, when they're coming out in the N69, and when they come to Clarina, they can turn right at Clarina Cross, and there's great signage then, that would bring them down to the hedge school, uh, cottage, and also the sailors' haggard. We could call them hidden treasures. You know, obviously people in Limerick would know of them, but it's getting it out to the wider audience. Uh, and with a good promotional campaign behind it uh, and a new concept that people can buy into, like the Shannon Estuary Way, it will do wonders for tourism when tourism returns properly. Yeah, please God, it will. It will. And now, I have to say, Trevor, that, that we've been getting good... Um, uh, feedback down the years. You know, I know we're in there for a few short years, but we've had plenty of people coming out and it was great to see people coming out and discovering these areas, coming out from Limerick City. I mean, there's a view there from the top of Newtown Hill that's only magical. To, to stand on the top of Newtown Hill and look o- over the Shannon Estuary and look at all the islands down the way, it is a treasure. It is a window to wonder. You know, it is just absolutely magnificent to see that. And Trevor, can I just mention as well, you know, that um, we're very, very fortunate in having the Sailor's Haggard. We're very fortunate in having the Hedge School Cottage because when you think of the life of the Hedge School, I mean, Trevor, I'd love to be able to read you a small little piece. Could I read you a small piece that was written in 1937? Sure, fire When the schools, school children were asked to write about their own local area. And this is... Um, Michael McNamara, who, who with, with, with Ted O'Leary, they're the two curators of our little museum below in the head school. But um, they gave me this little piece here. And 
when I read it, it says, about 80 years ago, and this is written, by the way, from a, a, a little kid who was in fifth class in national school. About 80 years ago, only hedge schools existed in this district. Some of the classes were held in the open air and others in barns and cabins. The site of the last hedge school is in Newtown. The teacher was a Mr. O'Shea. And there are people living in the house at the present day, a family by the name of Bryn. No Irish was taught in these hedge schools. Quill pens were used. There were no desks, only stools, and the pupils sat down in turn. The teachers were called poor scholars. They were kindly treated by the farmers and received food and lodgings in return for instruction given to the farmers' children and the labourers' children. Now, I think, Trevor, that's a lovely little document to have that was written by a child here in, in, in that year, 1937, in Newtown. You know, so uh, when you think of that and you think of the head school, and then the, the name on the head school is Skull Skarta. And that's a very interesting word, Skarta, because it means a shout, or it also means a ditch. So it was a kind of a head school, a ditch school, but the shout was given when, for example, the, the, the red coats might have been around in the 18th century, and there was always a lookout. And then you had other um, head schools. One of them was called Skullina Mota, and that's a head school by the river, or a Skullina Scalpa, that's by a rock, or an interesting one, which I suppose I'd have enjoyed myself, a Skullina Gara, that's a short period school. So, so there were very, very interesting times. And then the teachers, of course, the head schools, they were, they were, a lot of them were, were travelling nomadic uh, teachers who stayed in farmers' houses or outhouses. And during the summer, when they weren't working in the, with, with the children, they were often given jobs of drawing up the leases or measuring land or even making out wills. So that was the kind of lifestyle in which, in which they lived and operated. Can you give me an example of what was used or what activities did take place in, say, the Sailors Haggard or the head schools prior yeah. to COVID? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, no, we, we, the, the list could go on, as it were. Trevor, we, we were very, very much involved with activities. For example, we had re- active retirement groups come to visit us. The Game Preservation Society had their AGM. The Belly Brown Camogie group were with us. The Kyoto's gathering was there. We had a group from Westbury Retirement Home and, of course, the school children in the area came down as a heritage group. And we had field day events. And, of course, one of the lovely things that we always have would be the Christmas morning meeting. That, uh, that took place after the 10 o'clock mass in, in, in our local Ballybone Church. And the locals from Newtown would meet then after mass. And we'd have a cup of tea and a coffee uh, and a little sing-song. And we'd just stay for the hour. That was, that was a, a, a lovely thing to do. And then we have visits from Tharp Nursing Home, the Thursday Club, and, of course, we had meeting of exiles and even visits from government and European dignitaries. I won't mention who they were, but, but they were down. And then we had the, the Santa Claus visits, the visit from Liam McCarthy Cup, and we had mass and blessings as well there. And then we had talks on the salmon fishing in the, in the area as well. So... I suppose we've had many, many activities and please God, many more will continue. And may I say, Trevor, we have a fabulous ladies committee and that's under the direction of Marie Gearn and they prepare afternoon teas 
Well, you wouldn't see it in a dare manner, I'll tell you. It is just fantastic. Uh, they can cater for up to 16 people, and they've had several of those um, um, little gatherings, if you like. Okay, well, hopefully, as you said yourself, it won't be too long before um, people can enjoy those facilities again. Just to finish, you mentioned the Wild Atlantic Way, and would that provide a template for what people are trying to achieve with the Shannon Estuary Way? Obviously, different attractions and different scenery we're talking about, but in terms of um, promoting a tourist, uh, p- the tourist potential of the Shannon Estuary, would that be the road people would like to go down? Well, I think I think if, if, if this is really the hidden Ireland, isn't it? This is really part of the hidden Ireland. And to think that we have all those lovely estuary um, towns and villages that, that can be worked and developed together. Now, for example, um, several zoo meetings have been going on with the Shannon Estuary Way people. And I think that is fantastic that all the little towns and villages have been linked in on zoom meetings and uh, plans are being drawn up where we can we can have kind of as I said storytelling. We can go meetings. We can we can uh, share ideas and and little problems that we might arise as well. But I think you know um, it's it's obviously a far better way when we can work in in cooperation together rather than being a single identity. Uh, and that's the way we have been. But we need more help on that. And I think we're getting that through the Shannon Estuary Way. And it is really a development under Discover Ireland and with the help of Fall to Ireland coming behind us. And really, Trevor, when you think about it, all we need, really, we need some maps that people in the Limerick the Tourist Office can give to the discerning um, uh, tourist coming out this direction. And they say, right, now we have all these stop-off points to visit. And I think it is lovely. And I'll go back to what I said, Trevor, that when they come down, for example, towards our direction in Newtown, um, we have people down there to show them around, uh, give them the history of the area. And one of the most, the most beautiful things that has happened in the last year, Trevor, and during COVID, and it has been done in an extremely well and documented way, we have had RTE's Matt Kelly. Hmm. He's a documentary maker and he works with, with Nationwide. Yeah. And he has come down and he has spent a year um, documenting what the fishing was about. And that was through the um, the help also of the Inland Fisheries Board. And we have a, a, a gentleman here, Dennis O'Neill, who has coordinated that to a fantastic way. So Matt, uh, the cameraman, spent a full day on the water uh, reenacting the drift and draft net fishing. And we have that now, and that will be there as a documentary um, in, shown in the kitchen as a kind of an interpretive centre, if you like. So when people come down, they can press the button and say, right, this is what we're about here. And so Matt has documented that, and then he's documented the, what went on in the lives of the area, you know, the traditional crafts, etc. So we're really looking forward to, to having tourists come back to us again. And I, I hope, and I please God, we will give them something very well worthwhile to view and to visit. Okay, Jim O'Farrell there. He is the uh, latest participant in our series promoting the Shannon Estuary Way and Jim speaking about some of the many attractions to be located in the Clarina area. Jim, thanks a million for joining us this morning. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you very much.